Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're doing well. I am trying to make myself feel phenomenally. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is I was the... vigilante Williamson on another episode. Of yes, Culture the Culture Crime Fighters. Number Ooh. what, 40? Was it 49, 48, 48? Yeah. yeah, I think it's 48. That's pretty significant, you know. Uh, that's that's a, that's a fair amount of episodes right there. We're pulling up on a year. Isn't it? Wait a second. What date is it? Because I, f- I feel like the first week of February was the first week we did it. I think it was the second, but yeah, I, I, second? I've kept an eye on that. I'm not going to yeah. miss our one year anniversary. Don't you worry about that. Okay, because I'm glad you're keeping it. Cause I, the, the, the one year the MF snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? And I, because one thing about the MF, I had a show similar to Brave and the Boat that I abandoned a long time ago. It, it would have been around a year too. Had I not oh, yeah. Jesus, my subs. Oh. I, I got up to like a high number and it just dropped again. Oh. The sub game. Well, I guess I'm in the 670s. I got to live. I live with uh. it. it was like the 680s. I was like, oh. And I, and I kind of, shout out to James Guy. guy. I kind of grifted my way to some extra subs. But I'm like, yeah, we're going to get some subs and it just, and just, just disappeared. This YouTube game is a hustle. It's a hustle. I was up late last night uh, working on a video uh, that's topping out at about 30 views right now, which is very enthusiastic, uh, very encouraging. Um, (laughs) But it is what it is, I suppose. I mean, look, this is is the life we've chosen, right, gentlemen? I guess. You know? We got to, I don't know, just keep grinding. I, I can't figure it out, but I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't. <laughs> I fucking don't. I want to talk about something else. I want to have fun with my friend Vig. Oh no! It was February seventeenth. That was the that was the original date. Goodness, I thought it was earlier in the year. That, but all right, that's what no. the time has told me. February seventeenth. We started off this madness. Yes, we have. Yes, we did. Uh, I'm happy about that. And uh, we got Keely Chow in the chat. Hail, low spec Linux laptop. Sentient dildo is here. Good to see you, boys. You Thanks. were there in the first episode too, Sentient Dildo. Yes, you he were was. there. You're yes, an OG. he was. So, despite all his sarcasm, he actually does enjoy this programming. Yes. <clears throat> right as day, Zax, the intersectionalist himself. Yeah, yeah. What up, Hell's boys? Hell, bright as day. Hell, all you guys. You're all dope. Thank you for yep. being here. Indeed, he do. Indeed, he do. Yes, you are the Dildo pillar. Is the pillar. Yes, he is. And he even occasionally, generally they come with a lot of uh, a lot of ill will, but he even occasionally sends a super chat here and yeah, there. Yeah, he's probably sent two or three all year, but we appreciate all of them. I appreciate every one of them, and they're always yeah. very mean, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets his money's worth. Yes, sir. So how you doing this morning, Vidge? Dead to the world. Completely Ditto. dead. Just, I, just, I just thought about, like, Literally, like, man, I wish I had a bug out van and just just hop in a van, go down the river, and just never be heard from society again. But I think that every day, yeah, just live in the woods, just bug out, just say fuck it. I I don't think I could actually do it though. That's why I don't do it. No way, fuck that. You know, I see the van life stuff and see the people living in their van life, and it seems cool with the video. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, vintage van life. There you go. You know, the videos all seem cool because they're all edited and shit, but then you're like, oh, you got to fucking live in a van forever. There's no home. 
well, get go home. I mean, as long as you do it for you. Know, but yeah, that's whatever. what I mean. Well, I mean, what do you think the process of going converting back to normal life is from living in the van? Got to get a job down by the river. Yeah, down by the river. You got to get a job. You got to have an address. Address can't be the car. Seems like it seems like a madness, but there is that appeal of just like leaving society alone and just leaving, and just living in nature and shit. I mean, dude. I got a buddy of mine uh, back from a- a- L.A. that did it, mm-hmm. and he was always kind of a little weird anyway, um, but <clears throat> he, like, went and did that for a while, and the pictures he would share, I was like, damn, dude, like, the things that he saw on his van life journey was pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, I I get a kick out of a road trip. Like, I love it. Like, I went out to the Grand Canyon last year during the lockdowns. I guess it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, 2020 now, but it was, uh, it was awesome, man. Like I drove to, uh, Yuma, Arizona, and then I drove to uh, Phoenix and then up to the Grand Canyon. Then I even stopped in Vegas and did this little tour of, uh, of fallout new Vegas, like real world sites, which was awesome. And man, there was just something great about being on the road by yourself in a brand new part of the country. Like, open road like you know it was it was it's pretty fun i mean even if you're just driving you know like a lot of times i was just listening to like an efap or something like that you know because they're like eight nine hours and it's just in the middle of nowhere yeah. but i got i loved it man i got a kick out of it i'm i'm missing it i want to go back and do something like that again yeah. um it, it, there is something thrilling about it. i don't know if i'd want to make it my entire existence yeah that's the, the like it would be cool to do for a few months or something but then you're like, okay, back to reality. It's like the idea that, no, this is your permanent reality. And you guys are, yeah, road trips are supposed to end. That's the thing. Yeah, living yeah, in the that's true. fucking hippie. You guys uh, invoking Ryan Wilder of Batwoman fame. I guess, yeah. But they didn't promote her as like a van lifer. They promoted her as like a homeless thought. Like she's just a right. bum. She's living in a van. Not like, oh, you know, she, she used to work at a corporation and just converted was living the van life and happened to be there. No, she was a bum. She was a broke drug dealer, literally. That's all liberal uh, writers could come up with for a black character is a broke drug dealer. So that's not quite it's such a deal. Well, you know, you also need, like, it's, I mean. Back to life, back to the <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's liberal writers, but it's also, like, it is the hive mind too, you know. It's like they have to. It's that they have to hit so many check boxes that they end up become. They end up creating a stereotype, you know. Yes, yes, they love their stereotypes, and so. Really, but really you're do. right. It is the check boxes. Like, well, we got to make her a strong black woman, but we got to make sure she's oppressed by the machine. So let's make her a, a drug dealer because the machine's oppressing her. And then you're like, well, you, you've made this black poor drug dealer as a character and that's not <laughs> i thought i thought you liked black people well, i know you don't but i well, mean I, that was your gimmick I, that's they don't like anybody you know what i mean it's it's all about the collective it's all about the uh you know the the cause the movement that's the, that takes priority you got to read this book cynical theories dude you ha you you got to find time to to put the audiobook on and listen to this shit dude like it is 
it is like a, a master class in understanding what these people think and why they act the way they do and the way they detail it. I've I've almost listened to the entire book. Like I'm almost mm-hmm. completely done with it. I have like an hour to go. And it's like I, I, I want more. Like it's so engaging because the the woman, uh Helen Pluckrose, like she she's the British uh um what's the word? Like narrator, but she co wrote it with James Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And she they just go through all this shit and it's like it, it it's just so much insight and access to understanding this shit without like when you're like, oh, okay. It's like all of a sudden you, you can like jujitsu flip them now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, their own martial arts, like, you know, the origins of all of it, like, like not like disagreeing with it, like is, is a, is built like is a problem built into the philosophy. Like the, it's built for for your disagreement, basically. No, no, no. Like you're not allowed to disagree it with oh. it by its very nature. I see. Like there's a woman that said, like uh, she was talking about some feminist, you know, whatever her ideology was. Uh, I think she was a uh, a black feminist, and she talks about asking questions, and you can ask questions to better understand it. But you cannot question it or challenge any of her theses. This is these are her words. Mm-hmm. Because to do so ha- is either internalized misogyny, internalized racism, or proof that you are part of the power structure she's trying to fight. There is literally no way in the way she teaches this, writes it, or believes you can question it. That's her philosophy. So, you know what the thing is with me and a lot of the like understanding the left like material and i'm sure it's great stuff part of me just doesn't care to understand them and i know that may be makes a you a more powerful warrior my friend but it's just like because like where i'm at is like i'm sick of these motherfuckers living like completely rent free in my head and that being the, the requirement for doing a youtube channel it's like oh i have to constantly let the, the psychopaths live rent free and i have to learn them and study them and this and i'm not saying it's just like for me i'm like you know what fuck them they can eat, eat dick. i don't even they don't i want to be the the one setting the the pace on this thing like because all of that is because they set the pace they like everything is true and i get why they're the media they're the the you know dude they the are everything. not fucking going anywhere that's what I'm trying. That's why it's important. Like they are, they're dug in like ticks. I was watching. This was like public, bro. I was, mm-hmm. I was at the gym yesterday. I was watching it. Shit, I don't have my phone on me. And it was some investment corporation. It was like Investco, I think it was called. Investco. Mm-hmm. Is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds Q-Q-Q. like it is. Q-Q-Q. And it was like it was the weirdest commercial, man. It was like it was just throwing all these like numbers and images like and and like um abbreviations and shit like at the screen like fast and i was like i don't even know what the hell i'm looking at it but you know what i saw in the middle of all that what do you think i saw what do you think i saw an investment company in 2022 what do you think what three letters oh esg es fucking g they're not even hiding it anymore they're publicly advertising it bro yeah because most people don't know what it is and i'm like i said no fucking clue which is the whole point. Normies don't know. Um, don't be a fucking normie. Don't don't be asleep. It's not to be asleep. <laughs> but like I didn't need like I recognize certain elements like what you just talked about. And just by the nature of what they are, you're not you're not allowed to question everything because because of how oh. the status was with the jab. Any I know that. From the jab. 
I know you know that, but when you hear it from their own mouths, mm. it makes me, it just gives you more like confidence in your own observational skills of their bullshit. You know, it's like you're not paranoid. You're not like overly sensitive. You don't have there's nothing wrong with you for questioning this shit. Like you were 100 percent right to like your conclusions were correct. Your insight in their bullshit was correct. And you can hear it from their own fucking mouths how full of shit they are. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like it's a blessing, dude. It's so good. And like the last part of the book, like she they detail like how important it is that this shit is not over like how this this academia has created these these positions of these uh cultural like diversity officers and shit like that yes and they're in they're in government they're in all these major corporations it is not it is getting more and more important to be aware of all this shit and fight back as hard as you can because it's it's not going anywhere i know it's not i get that I know it's not going anywhere. My my thought of the tactics is it is already that 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 phase is already happening. It is already everywhere. Hell, even with my job, I have a like sneaky suspicion there's a like diversity gimmick for even my team because like there's almost no white people on my team. Really? Just all, yes. We're all all either black or Latino. Almost all of us. Wow. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? So like yeah. it, it's not it is everywhere. It's it's already everywhere. It's already mm-hmm. there. And it's not that I don't want to learn about it. Hell, man of war. Hell, hell anyone's uh, hopping in. Shout out to the bot. Shout out to Central Diddle actually being a, a competent mod. I appreciate that. I knew it. Uh, it's not that I don't want to learn about it. I don't want to break it down. I'll listen to Thomas. And I probably will listen to that book. You keep recommending it. I'm sure I'll, I'll end okay. up checking out. But I, I guess at some point, I do want to be the one like that they have to react to instead of me having to react to them. I mean, look, that's a world I'd love to live in. You know, it's like uh, Fred Johnson from The Expanse where he's like, uh, that sounds great, son, and that's a world I'd like to live in. But, like, right now, we got to deal with the the world the way it is. Yeah, yeah. But I that's my way of dealing with it. At a certain point, it's like, okay, you know what? Fuck you. I'm the one that you should be worried about. You, I shouldn't be worried about you, and I, that that takes time. That takes building a platform. It takes whatever, but like, that's just where my head is. It's like Jesus. It's, and part of it is just from doing this. Maybe that's just a little bit of burnout from doing this for almost two years now, or a year and a half. And it's just like hmm. every day, the new thing that the left has done, or the, you know, somebody said liberal left, leftists, whatever you want to call it, SJWs, authoritarians, psychopaths, cucks. Whatever you want to call these guys. And it's just every day it's the new thing. It's it's them being mad at this. It's them tearing down that institution. It's this, them doing this. And then me reacting to it. And yeah, but that's the thing. You don't have to react to it. I'm not saying you have to react to it. You don't even need to acknowledge it. But when you know, oh, this is X-Path. This mm-hmm. is, uh, oh, okay, there's no such thing as objective truth. This is the uh, postmodernist philosophy of that. Like, once you know, like, their playbook, they can't come at you with anything you haven't seen yet. Because they're not, they're not innovating shit. All they're mm-hmm. doing is destroying everything, and they have a playbook of how it goes. And once you read their playbook, it's like, it's like you know, you're, you're Belichick with their offense. Like, you just... Look, you got like there's no you're, there's nothing they're gonna slip by you. There's not gonna be anything that surprises you. It takes away so much of their power when you know exactly what plays they're gonna run. 
Does it? Question mark. Yeah. And, and here's why I say that. At least personally. I, hopefully, it, you know, if it does personally for you, then dope. I guess I remember being on Shout to Comics Division. And I remember being on this panel and we were talking about rules for radicals and we, we saw like some of the like a breakdown of the rules and stuff. So like we knew some of the stuff that was going on and where a lot of stuff was going on, World Economic Forum and all this knowledge. But it wasn't creating a reaction that changed. Ugh. It wasn't really Ugh. we didn't do anything new. We didn't do anything different because we knew these elements of the playbook or knew that they were, go- you know, it was like, oh, but we're still just waiting for them to do something and talking about. We'll I mean, I waiting to react. Look, I'm and just saying, see, you know, yeah. it's helped me, you know, you, you, you know, handle it however you like, my friend. I'm just saying yeah. that it's like once I, once I went down this, I was like, oh, all right, like it just, I don't know, it just gives me so much more insight into what they're doing. You're like, okay, this is that, like it's shit that I kind of already sort of knew, yeah, like on an intuition level, but when you have it confirmed and like expressed, and they they quote the passage. Like it's like, and they're and they're so intellectual. These people that wrote this book, like it's like you feel like you're righteous in your rejection of this stuff instead of mm-hmm. just kind of like throwing a fit. You know, it just it's a little more like okay, like I'm not paranoid. I'm not like overly focused on bullshit. Like this is the real deal, and I'm on. I'm actually on the right side of history on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's. I don't know. It's like comforting. Like, it's like the whole. But when Jordan Peterson first broke out on, uh, on uh, what's it called, uh, um, Rogan, like mm-hmm. everybody was just collectively like, ah, oh, someone, you know, it's like says it as I see it. Like, thank God. Uh, it, it's. I don't know. I, I think it's really enriching, and I think it's a good thing. And it's like you know, it's not fucking going anywhere. So. No, it's not. I, I recommend spending the time with the book. But, you know, what Sension Dildo recommends, Kimberly Crenshaw. And I was so caught up in my fucking diatribe, but I Googled her. It's like, oh, you dick. She's exactly. She? She's, oh, she's one of them. I think she, I think she's probably even mentioned in the book. Ah. Uh, yeah. I was like, ah, Sension Dildo. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. Does anyone in the chat at least understand where I'm coming from, though? Like, I do understand the va- – I do understand that there is value in understanding the, the modern – you know, wackadoodle left, SJW left, and that there there's a rule set and everything. But I don't feel like that that knowledge is at least this is not just you, this is just in general. I feel like we're still waiting for them to do something and then reacting to it. And that's still the the modus operandi of our reaction to it. And it just doesn't seem like a a, a that that's gonna succeed long term. Like you said, they're not going anywhere. So just pointing at them every time they do something and gain more power and gain more equity so to speak, in the the state and in the the culture at large, it's like we're we're busy studying them while they're they're making even bigger moves. They're tossing ESG out there for the normies now. They don't care anymore. They don't have to because they've established so much groundwork. And all we're doing is is uh, looking so at the you tracks. Think, you think it's like that Simpsons episode where you, the all the ads start destroying the town, and if you don't look at them, <laughs> they don't have any power. I don't know if it's necessarily that. Is that what you mean? Uh, it's, I just feel like we, we got to come up with a different tactic uh, strat- strategy. Yeah. Prepare for buying a lot of ammo. That's like, that's what, I mean, it almost sounds like that, dude. Like, uh, like what what else do you mean? Like, what else, what's the other alternative? Like, are we do we just get off YouTube? Or do we just no. talk about sports? Or like, what do you, how do you, how do you handle it without talking about it? 
it's not that how do we handle without talking about it, but it's like, how do we become the the thing? Like, how do we set the pace on anything? You know, one guy who that did do some of the stuff that I'm I'm kind of thinking of, rather I, I'm a biggest fan of him or not, but fucking um, what's the guy? Grew up uh, not too far from Crowder. Crowder. He would do the one. You know, one thing the 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 change my mind shit where he would go to a college put in you know there are only two genders change my mind because now that's me pushing back that's not me waiting for you to say something and then and then reacting to it it's not me waiting for you to destroy a franchise it's me going to a college and saying there are two genders change my mind i'm the thing you have to react to no, I get that, but I think if you want to take that route, like the the best way to do it is to be as educated on their bullshit as possible. Because the thing about what they do, they 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 destroy, but they're very effective at it. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get caught off guard with that's with a fair. tactic you're not ready for that they practice, because that's that's what they do. Like they have the like they have a million different tactics. On how to take care of this shit, but if you know what their playbook is, they don't innovate shit. All they do is go to these camps, learn the ways, and then take it out into the world. Well, if you go, if you like read the playbook of what the camp is, they can't throw anything at you you haven't seen. That's a better kind of explanation. Like, and you said that already, but like we have to have a tactic of something. Now, I don't want to use the term aggression because it's not physical aggression. But like we have to have a tactic that puts us on a we have to use that knowledge for something than than other than reacting. That's really where my point is. Oh, I feel you. Okay. Yeah, I get that. That's probably the best way to say I'll say Sean County versus Applesauce. When can we start to act uh, instead of only reacting? That then we begin winning. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I may not be so elegant just having woken up, but that is what I'm trying to say. It's like, okay, we have to at some point have to go on the offensive. I just, what, the, what would that look like? I, I guess I gave the Crowder example. More things along those lines where we're not just sitting there waiting for you to come into our franchise and make everyone gay. We're going to your college and providing something you have to react to. You know what I'm saying? We're going to your side and giving you something. Because otherwise, what are we doing besides waiting for them to fuck something up and then cry about it? Well, I mean, what he what was Crowder was doing? He was going there, but but he's just it's a reaction to their bullshit too. True. I mean, he wasn't yeah. like, you know, it's like people who used to do that. You know, you just say, let's say, a Candace Owens or a Shapiro or something like that. Someone mm-hmm. who would just go to a college. Initially, what they were doing was just talking about the world from their point of view. Once it became, oh, we're canceling, we're deplatforming you for having the wrong opinions, then they like. Then it became an engagement with all this stuff because there was no way around it. Mm-hmm. So it's like as much as Crowder's thing was cool, it's more of like a viral moment than anything. It's not – it's like it's – what it does is it's just exactly like Jordan Peterson or this book does. It's like it helps people who are not like programmed recognize that there are others out there like them who don't swallow all this shit. Yeah. But I guess in my head like – that reached normies, though, is my point. Like, there were people who were neither on neither side of this okay. who can see something and then say, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. So that, that's where, yeah, that was a viral moment. But, I mean, that was really where all those characters, all the, not characters, but all the individuals you're talking about were way more impactful at the beginning of you knowing who they were, as far as Jordan Peterson, right. as far as Candace Owens, Ben Shapiro, yeah. whatever. The yeah. first year or two of you knowing of their existence, they have way more impactful than now they're just settled in and now they're their own institutions to just 
you know, sell my Sherry's berries and shit like that too. From I, man, you sound pretty blackpilled. I'm not really sure what to like. I don't know what the next thing would be. Like, I don't know. I don't know what you're even advocating for. I'm not. That's. I'm advocating for figuring out what the next thing is because this is the, this long term goes nowhere. Is my thought. I'm not saying I have the thought, but I'm saying that uh, we have to do something more than the left is because the left is bad. React to it. There has to be a better if, if the goal is to win, if the goal is to long term win and it is a long term thing, it's not something that we're going to figure out and just do. But like there has to be a, a uh, there has to be a solution other than reacting to the left because it hasn't had a final hasn't, solution. I hear you. Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, just uh, ideologically cleanse them. No, please. God, don't. Um, but th- there right. has to be, there has to be, a, this isn't working. We've been now reacting to them for years and they just get more and more power. Yeah. But I think the resistance is stronger than ever. Yeah. I think people are, are hot to it. The problem is now that it's a little late, be- not late, but it's a little difficult now because they're entrenched. It, yes. It's not just the universities. I mean, you know, conservatives have been rallying against this for years. They're just terrible at articulating it. Um, because it's like they still like they they still a lot of them still just want to be in power like it's yeah it's uh, Kerry Smith and um, what's his name over there at Unsafe Space use the analogy of the One Ring, you know where it's like mm-hmm. the left is like you know like the the, the SJWs are like Sauron and Mordor, but mm-hmm. then like the conservatives are are like Boromir. Like he yeah. wants it for the the humans. Like no 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 no, no. destroy the pa- the Ring of Power. That's the whole point. No yeah. one should be controlling society like an authoritarian. And that's the issue. It's like the, the, the right just wants it back for themselves. It's like, no, no, no. St- stop. Stop with the ring of power. <laughs> like yeah. This is supposed to be egalitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, does, it, is, it is difficult um, to, to, yeah. I mean, it's frustrating. Like, I don't want to pick a side either. But I, I just think that if we're going to war with these motherfuckers, it's better that I know their plays than than to just kind of be reactionary in the moment to what they throw at me. I want to know more, and I want to understand my enemy, and I want to be able to combat them because, like, I want the I want it to be like Neo when they throw strikes. It's just like you know what I mean. Like nothing's gonna land because I already know every punch you're gonna throw. I've seen it all. I've heard it all. You got nothing to surprise me with. That's fair. That's fair, and that's that's you know that is the right way to think. But it has to be. It has. It shouldn't be just like all right. I know all this knowledge, so I wait for them to come pick a fight, and then when they pick a fight, that's when it's like I'm like, okay, no, I have to, I have to now pick the fights. I have to go to them and and bully them. Well, there is there is an alternative too. I mean, it's like we talk about all this stuff. The one alternative that you can do is is just kind of go about your life and listen to content that's not related to uh, politics or liberals or conservatives, and you can find that on the Culture Crime Fighters Secret Identities Patreon, ah. baby. We just dropped yeah. a new episode today. It's uh, called uh, Clueless Anti Football Pussies Two. Yes, uh, because this past weekend of football was so exciting. Me and Vigilante recorded an episode where we talked about the uh, football games, but we did talk about other things. It wasn't just football. Yeah, we talked about uh, how you like you know dating younger women, all sorts of stuff. So there's all sorts of crap uh, outside of just football. Because I know not everybody's a sports ball fan, but some of you guys are sports ball fans, so you will like our uh, the last couple weeks. 
of you know grade A better than ESPN, which is no longer a high bar football analysis that we give. Even though they're trying to get their way back, uh, but yeah, please check out our Patreon. Please check out the Culture Crime Fire Secret Identities. We have what like six or seven episodes now. Seven. Seven. Seven episodes, and it's good stuff. I think it's really fun content. So you guys take yes. a look. Uh, I think you guys will appreciate it. It's uh, it's funny content, you know, and we're you know you like us, so there you go. That's that's an option. There you that's go. a way to that's a way to do it. Oh, that's not work. Oh well. Anyway, uh, yeah. So check out the there it is. Check out the uh, Patreon yeah. the secret identities. New episode up right now. You got seven episodes besides this one to look at. Five dollars a month, baby. Five dollars a month. Yeah, more entertainment value than Disney Plus. I keep saying that. I agree with. I said I stand by that. I'm not just saying that because you know it's my shit or our shit. It's, it's serious. I think the people in this chat will be more entertained for their money, giving us their money, and for for the podcast than giving it to Disney Plus. Hundred percent. Um. All right. So should we go on to the first story of the day? Yeah. Yeah. We can. So I made a video about this last night, um, which you can check out. It's a short video. It's only like five minutes off of my channel right now. Uh, there's a little Easter egg on the end, too, which I don't know if anyone's actually seen it. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my view engagement numbers are not terrific on the video. I'm trying not to look at it. But the last, <laughs> the last 10 seconds has got a little fun little joke, little Easter egg. So go take a look. Uh, but it's about Mr. Peter Dinklage. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, and I think we know, I did hear some of this. Go ahead. Well, we know Mr. Dinklage most famously for playing Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones. Uh, and he recently was complaining about, I don't know if you remember this, a few weeks ago he was saying that Game of Thrones fans were upset uh, that uh, the, the way it ended because they, quote, wanted the pretty white people to walk off into the sunset, which, as I pointed off in my video, was not the fucking case. Yeah. The case was we didn't want it to suck. We didn't want it to destroy the franchise. We wanted to be able to, you know, enjoy this show and not never go back to it. Yeah. But uh, he's back at it again. Yeah, I did see him being back at it again. And shout out to uh, Sensei Ditto. He has a short temper, but I'm pissed. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> I made a bunch of those jokes in my video, too. <laughs> yes, Bless his little heart. Yeah, there's going to be a lot, uh, probably quite a few here. Um, <clears throat> well, you know what? At this point, you're asking for it. What are we supposed to do? Yeah, what are we supposed to do? But yeah, I did hear about this. This uh, his new thing, it's Snow White. It's, 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 it's okay to make a Latinx Snow White, but it's not okay to not doing something about the dwarves, you bigot. That's essentially it. That you actually yeah. nailed it. Yeah, I mean that's really exactly the story. Uh, he says, yeah, like this whole thing is progressive to cast a Latina, blah, blah, blah. But you're still doing this fucked up story with seven dwarves living in a cave. What the F are you doing, man? What the F is he doing, man? It's fucking Snow White. It, what do you <laughs> want? It? What do you want? What do you want? Yeah, he is just stirring shit up to promote his movie or whatever he is. But like, you know, what? Says, Little you... is the joke there. Ah, ah there you go. Um,. But it's like, what do you... I know what you guys want. You want terrorized. Maybe that's why I should read the fucking James Wesley book. Maybe you're, 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 you're promoting it in that way. But it's just like, Jesus Christ, bro. You, you just want to complain. You motherfuckers just want to complain. 
Well, that's the thing. You want like it's woke, but it's not woke enough, and that's the problem. It's never woke enough. It's never enough. There is no end game with this shit. There is no utopia where finally everything's as representative as they want because the problem what they're trying to do is achieve this social equity, basically correcting all of the wrongs that happened in history and and fixing it today, right now, in everything, in government, in, in representation, in workplaces, in this shit. And it, there's no end to that. There's no way there, you can find a day when you'll finally be satisfied with enough overcorrection. So it's like it never it never ends. And I think it's actually hilarious. So he puts this out there, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Disney immediately responds, like, within a day or less. That I didn't see. Yeah, that's that's the most recent development on this this terrific story. Uh, so they immediately, oops, see Daisy. They immediately um, respond. Uh, and I once again, I covered all this in my video, so go for it. Check that out. Yes, check the video out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Disney. No, see. no, no, no. We give entertainment. Uh, immediately they respond. Uh, where is it? Where are we? It is. It yep. is the spokesperson responded. Go ahead, Mr. Vigilante. Right. Please read. A Disney spokesperson responded to Dinklage's comments telling the Hollywood Reporter to avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original film. We are taking a different approach with these seven characters and have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community. Uh, we look forward to sharing more as the film heads into production after a lengthy development period, the spokesman added. Um, at top of this, the Hollywood Report Reporter did damage control for Disney, claiming the film has been in development for three years. The studio has been reimagining the dwarf characters since the early stages. So I don't know what that means. They're not going to be dwarves because then you, I don't know, you... but it worked out great when they did it in the Willy Wonka remake. So by all means, do it. I don't remember that. You talking about the Charlie and the Chocolate uh... Factory? I, that shit looked like a fucking uh, what we now call nightmare feel. So I had no interest in watching that. It no interest in that. Terrible. I remember hating that movie. It just sounded like a bad idea. Like I don't need it Tim was. Burton. Like Johnny Depp is great when he's not working with Tim Burton, and then he brings the like madness out of him, and it just it's <laughs> because like there's a couple uh, Johnny Depp Tim Burton movies that are good, but like a lot of them get really trash, really trash. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's literally like I never understood what that term meant, becoming a parody of yourself until I saw like <laughs> Tim Burton's modern movies. And you're like, oh yeah, you're literally a parody of yourself. Yeah. What is going on with the bots today? You know, the bots have been active in these streets recently, like bad. Like you, I, it's just been nothing but bots. Like other streams that I'm watching, I see a lot of bots. Other streams that I'm on, I see a lot of bots. It's just nothing but bots. And actually, I think I got the person. Dildo just brought him back to life. Back to reality. But no. So weird. It's, it's There's tons of bots now. There's tons of bots. Every 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 time I'm streaming, there's like 15. There's, not 15. There's a few bots that show up. Every time I'm watching the stream, there's a few bots. I don't know what it is. It just, it's just a part of the, the YouTube. The ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yep, guess every. Just, uh, yeah, they all got. Every, every ecosystem's got parasites and fungi. Yep, they're the algae of YouTube. So weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, what do you think about this whole story, Mister Vidge? Um, I think it's hilarious, and I, I, I really want to see what they do with those dwarfs. I can't wait because, okay, what happens if, 
and it's a parody, not parrot of yourself. Uh, Pat asks, so what happens if you remove the dwarves? Now they're not being represented. If you don't make them dwarves, they're no longer being represented, and now they don't exist, but now you're not, they're not offending anyone because they're not seven dwarves. They're the seven whatevers. So this is uh, my question for the woke. Like, what do you do if they erase the war representation in order to erase the, I don't know if racism, what, ableism? Would it be ableism? Is I that think, the right ism? I think that's the one they would go with, yeah. Bro, we don't want to be ableist, so there's no more dwarves. But now there's no more representation. So what do you want? So I think, yeah. Well, funny you should say that because the story continues to develop. Mm. This story's got legs for whatever reason. Um, so this came out just today, I suppose. Uh, this was on um, Bounding into Comics. Put this out. So British para-Olympian Will Perry on Snow White. I don't think we should cancel a fairy tale that is so well-loved. And he appears to be a member of the dwarfism community to me. He does appear to be. He does appear to be. Yes, yes. He says, uh, made it clear he disagrees with the Game of Thrones actor Peter Dinklage and the Walt Disney Company's thoughts on the classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs story. Um. He called okay. this, so there's recapping the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, and you like, just a self righteousness of all these people. Have I not? Have I done nothing to advance the cause from my soapbox? Have I done you, nothing? Shut you're up. a fucking clown, man. You're an actor, dude. You're supposed to entertain. That is your job. Your job is not to move causes. Just no. dance, monkey. Fuck. Hear more bigotry. He has to fight for. Uh, he's fighting for uh, the cause. You ableist bigot. He's fighting the cause for against dwarfism. He's done so much work for the cause. He's progressive. He's progressed the the, the narrative for it, and you bigots don't understand. No, I don't That's know. What he man. These people are very, very indeed self righteous. Very, uh, like, um, I don't know. They, they, they do have a tendency to believe their own bullshit when they're in that celebrity strata. They do have a tendency to really believe that they're like, I don't know, like some. Everybody thinks they're Malcolm X nowadays. Every yeah. actor, every writer, you have to every, be. everybody thinks they're just the. The, the genius, progressive rebel who's going to fight, and once they do something, that's going to change the way we all think, and we'll all be a part of the hive mind with them. And if any one of them actually lived it, I would be fine with that. Like, if there was a guy out there who, you know, like a Brad Pitt, right, and he made $25 million a movie or whatever, mm-hmm. and he lived on $100,000 a year and spent every other dollar he made on, like, you know, building camps here or, like, helping this group and, like, just live that life, I would be all fine with that guy preaching all day long. None of them do that, though. Not one even really gets close. No. Not one of them even tries. No, they're fine living in this huge luxury. They could affect so much actual change, right? How much charity they could. I know they don't donate to charity, but we're talking like you, like, you could still live well yes. on, a, on a few hundred thousand dollars a year. That's an incredible life. 
But you yeah, got to keep is. up with the Joneses in Hollywood. You got to stay cool with the click. You got to have your yachts and your multiple homes. So until you give all that shit up, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it from you, man. I do not want to hear preaching from you people at all. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. They, Leonardo DiCaprio is all about the fucking climate change and couldn't not be on a private jet. Bro, did you see that fucking yacht we showed last week? Yeah. He he's so old climate change. Like, listen, you still want your yachts and your bitches. Shut up. I mean, look, which that's fine. Have all that shit. Good for you. I'm glad life was so generous to you that you were able to accomplish such lofty goals. That's incredible. Very, very happy for you. But don't tell me how to live my fucking life. They're better than you. They can. They're in Hollywood. Ugh. And even if it was just, I think it used to even be just a smaller contingent, right? It yeah. used to be like the Sean Penns, the John Cusacks, and you're like, all right, whatever, shut up, douchebag. Now it's literally every single one of them. Yeah, and it used to not be like, it wasn't like intolerable. They would say they're one, because you one, remember, you didn't see celebrities all the time. There was no Instagram. No, that's true, too. That's a good so point. So you would only see them for the, the award show. You would only see them at that speech. So when they said, oh, do better for the environment, it's like, yeah, we can stop throwing trash in the world. Excuse me. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, environment, good. We we like the environment, too. So we'll, sure. And not really care. It was just, it wasn't, it just, you know, in one ear, without the other, uh, out the other, and, and on to life. But now it's like, we know so much about them. We see so much about them. They're always, they always have a, a, the, the ability to say or do something stupid. And so they do. And not only that, they have like this applause factor too. And they're so paranoid of losing their status or like getting negative responses from the wrong people. They're like like someone pointed out so brilliantly uh, when we had Gary on the Culture Crime Fighters, uh, you know, back in whatever that was, July, August. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was – someone mentioned this and it was so precise on one of Gary's videos. It was that – it was about the Kevin Smith thing with um, – uh, master of the universe and how oh the problem on twitter is just a small minority of people who are upset well it's really interesting what small minority of people you pick to empower because yeah. most of these sjw people these the angry mob is a small minority of people but for some reason their point of view is more valid than people who've been fans of the thing for 40 years that that's that's the it's just like you're full of shit it's all agenda and you expect us to not see through it and you insult us when we call you out accurately well they you know what i've been thinking about this like there's a reason they expect us not to see through a lot of their bullshit and it's because before past five years we didn't see through a lot of their bullshit and so they're almost shocked that we, we now noticed a lot of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, obviously, the past five or six years is when the wokeness ramped up. And I'm not necessarily even saying wokeness per se, but there's been bullshit in Hollywood for years. And they were able to do a lot, you know, not to sound like a fucking um, Bible-thumping conservative, I'm far from that, but they were able to, like, totally destroy culture in another way and morally degradate us for years and we just went along with it we, oh this is just the modern era and we just went along with it so at a certain point they just was like oh you guys are noticing that we're now trying to you know destroy all your myths what 
you didn't notice last year or you didn't let notice five years ago when we were just making shitty G.I. Joe movies. Now you notice. Well, it was different. It was just I think it was more ineptitude back then. Like it was more like, all right, we're going to we don't care about this story. Obviously, we're too smart and interesting to actually enjoy like a comic book. You know, we, yeah. we like the piano or whatever. Uh, and so it's like. When they would fuck it up in the past, they usually just were they it was a misinterpretation of the source material or like a cash grabby angle where okay, we're gonna make a like a violent property PG thirteen so that we get the biggest audience. You know, we'll just cast a superstar in it and then we'll collect checks. You know, like it was poorly done, but it wasn't done for any agenda other than trying to make money. Yeah. Whereas now it's done where like money be damned the fans be damned we we need to re-educate the public with this very you know one-sided agenda and so it's way uh, to me that's way more offensive it it is way more offensive but it's like i their logic for not no like uh for just being so unabashed at like narrative controlling comes from haven't controlled the narrative on so many other things. It's just, it didn't matter to us as much as this shit does. It didn't matter. They, oh, they're just making a shitty remake or a shitty. You know, they did a fucking remake of the Honeymooners that uh, in the early 2000s with Cedric the Entertainer. Who the fuck could have possibly asked for that then? Nobody did. But no you didn't look did. at it as a woke remake. It was just, they're just, a, it's just a cash grab. And so, well, you, we didn't know what woke was. See, that's the, that's the reason why I bring true. up that book so much is because. It's it's important to understand how long these these indoctrination camps have been running. Like it's not this this is a new phenomenon because it's mainstream, but the ideas are not new. They've been around yeah. for a long time. Like, and the modern woke stuff has been has been uh, around as recent as the eighties. Really? Yeah. Like that's when a lot of these ideas really started to take hold. So that's why, you know, people think I'm fucking paranoid when I call it back out from the older stuff. But it's like, no, you can see it. Like it's consistent with the education. These are most of these people in Hollywood. They're college educated. They got they got, already got all these received opinions way back when. It wasn't as yeah. you know uh, universal as it is now, but it definitely was there. It's been around. Yeah, you know, speaking of the eighties, I just, did read a book since yeah, we a read. great book. Yeah, but like one one thing I think about, like since the I don't know how long, it feels like the eighties, like Married with Children, and Homer Simpson, the like dumb dad trope, mm-hmm. like the incompetent oh, yeah. dad trope, that became like a huge thing eighties on. And I was just like, a, you know, that's been normalized. You know, mm-hmm. the dad's an idiot. The mom, even though married children, they were all kind of scummy. But usually the, the mom is like, you know, the, the the smart one. And, you know, the women are all smarter. The men are all dumber. Uh-oh. Who's calling me? Who is this? Oh, Jesus I, I guy on the air. I don't got any friends from this number. It's the CIA. They're trying to harass me. Trying to harass me, trying well, to intimidate Mar- Mar- me. Cho- I don't think Married with Children falls into that one though, because that one was actually funny. And the pain, the thing was, he was like over his wife, and he like didn't want to bang her. Like he was just, yeah. which was the most like realistic depiction of being with a woman for a really long time. And you're just <laughs> like, Ugh. And she just wants dick, and you don't want to give it to her. Yeah, yeah, it is the handlers. They're, they're like, you know, shut the fuck up. No. Um. But yeah, it, it's. I don't know. 
Yeah, low spec Linux laptop points it up. No, this is not new. I started to notice in the early '90s when politically correct was being used to create division where there was none. Here, that's what I mean. That was that that first wave came right out of the '80s. That, that yeah. you know, once the activists took hold in the '90s, and then for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe they hadn't figured out how to universally uh, profit from it because it went away, and we had some amazing yeah. shit in the '90s. I think it went away because it didn't have the legs it does now. It didn't have the like, you know, they groomed the generation specifically for this. Yeah. That the pat, you know, we talk about, oh man, someone born in 2000, they're now in their 20s now. And is that, yeah, but like that generation who were born in 2000 were specifically groomed at every step of the way from their culture, from the, the teachers they had to be the people to be most receptive of this. They were they were specifically chosen. We were groomed to to allow that generation to have happen, and they were groomed to be the SJW generation. Yep. So that's yep. that's a part of it. There's a lot more of it. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you said it didn't went away. Uh, it just wasn't as widespread and insane. That's true too. But like, it didn't impact. It didn't move the needle. You know politically correctness which was proto wokeness it didn't move the needle it was just like it 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 would happen but it was you were allowed to make fun of it you were allowed to question Mm -hmm. it you were allowed a lot more leeway relative to it um it wasn't this monolith of of culture where where they were just like and then using all the the stuff that happened in 2020 or the the in my opinion um manufactured racial strife or manufactured situations or whatever you want to think of the situations to kind of give them like some sort of moralistic edge like oh well you don't want to be anti anti racist you're not anti black are you and then you you look at what the definition what it actually is in practice you realize this is fucking anti human but you know they they now have this uh false sense of um I don't know if morality is the right word, but just a false so, sense of uh, like being correct. Yeah, yeah. And so moralistic that, that, superiority. Yeah, that's probably a better phrase. The false sense of moralistic superiority they can they are operating with. And yeah. just and then like you guys said, it's so widespread. It is the mainstream media. It is every celebrity. It is every vestige of culture. Um it did need the internet to spread. It definitely needed Tumblr and a lot of these other places to foster some of this crazy stuff and to have people thinking about a lot of stuff. I, shit, man. I know I'm rambling now, but I remember being in, in, in college and the transgender thing like was not a thing, mm-hmm. and they were just starting to do the guilt trip about you're not supposed to say anything about transgenders, and it was like, what? It was mm-hmm. so foreign. It was like, I don't one, this is a this is a Wendy's, ma'am. Like, what does this have to do with anything? And two, it was like, wh- what are you telling me? What I I should think about anything? Like, what? Are you I doing? mean, that's the thing. It's a, it's the way they they preach and proselytize about how you're supposed to see the world, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to interact with it. Because I actually did have a, tre- a teacher in college that was trans. It was uh, at this community college, and it was you know weird. Like, yeah. it, you know what I mean? It was like very bizarre. But after like a few weeks, you're just like, oh, he's a chick. Like it, it just felt like a woman. Like it didn't feel like a man. It was just like, all right, it's weird for sure. It's a unique person. But the person was a good teacher 
and you got over it. It wasn't yeah. that big of a deal. And we all, I think we all collect, it was a community college too. So we're not exactly talking about Yale here. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a lot of, a lot of like essentially high school dropouts and stuff like that. So not typically the most intellectually enlightened people on the earth. And no one, it wasn't a big deal. No one even talked about it after class. It's sort of like, oh, just see that. Just see that. It was just, it was what it was. And, uh, and similarly, actually bring it back to this story, I also had a dwarf teacher uh, who was, uh, you know, another teacher, which I was like, this is a really weird faculty. But it was, yeah. uh, but once again, it was like, at first you're like, okay, that's weird. And then after a while, you don't notice it anymore. Like, you're just like, okay, it's a person. But the thing is, like, now it's like that little room where you got just not allowed. That is offensive. Yeah, you're not supposed to have an adjustment period. But um, he's a chick. I know, I know. But I'm just like I. I'm not like I believe it exists. I'm not saying it doesn't. And I, and regardless of what the reason is, it's like I, I'm willing to treat you however the hell you want to be treated. It's just it's the penalties that come along with it. It's the fact that you can't say anything, you can't make jokes, you can't have a question about like any of the policies that follow. That's where I draw a hard and fast line. Yeah, and no, he said he's a community college. He did, did let I, you guys know it was a community college. You guys been to a community college? Did I I've study been to at a community a college. circus? And the answer is obvious. <laughs> the bearded yes. lady and the, and the dwarf. You're right. That's hilarious. Oh shit, man! That is yeah. It is kind of circus. Shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but like uh, shit. But I remember in the community college. What it was is uh. And I, I, man, my thoughts were like crazy because I thought this was a little hilarious thing. So it was a woman, and for some, she was the teacher. And there was one, uh, I would say episode one day of class. Her daughter was there, and they were talking about her ex husband and the daughter's father was now transgender, and they were just talking about how the world was so mean to him and all this other stuff. And I couldn't help but think, like, man, you were such a bad wife that your husband became a chick after. That was my thought. And I know that's not right. And, like, that's, you know, culturally raw. But, like, 2006 or seven, me, that was just, like, the only thought I had. Like, wow, you must be uh, a piece of work to be married to. And you're not helping by just browbeating me randomly. There was no – this didn't call for it. We, there was nothing in the news. It was just, hey, stop – Stop hating transgenders. And it's like, right. bro, there's like, where is this even coming from? Yeah. And why are you putting your personal business out there? This is a wit. This is a speech class. This is not, this has nothing to do with any of this shit. It was like the whole Trump thing. It was like when, when I first heard about Trump running for president, the first thing I heard was, he's the worst possible candidate. You should never vote for this guy. That was like the first thing I heard. It's like, I haven't even had a chance to think about it yet. Like, but you're already telling me how to think about it. Yeah. You know, it's like that that's the first thing they say is don't hate transgenders. You're like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Like I just like, got what? here. This is the first yes. I'm hearing of this. Yeah, like what in the world? Like, why is this there was no setup for this? There was no like lead into this. This is just right. you just you just randomly like imagine having a conversation about anything else. And just randomly just being told something like this. Like, don't hate this group. Okay. 
Sure, right. Man, if I was going to introduce you to a comic book, I'd be like, don't hate on this comic book. Okay. It's really it's It's an important piece of work. And you're just like, oh, okay. What is it? Oh, all right. Well, it's <laughs> like the idea yeah. that you just start off telling people how to think about a thing is really weird. Yeah. Shout out to Mother Russia. They are active. I'm glad Russia lo- loves us. We're big um, in Russia. Do you want to, we've been, we've been going off on little tangents, but there is a little bit yeah, more to the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to the story. Uh, Will Perry appeared in Good Morning Britain, and he declared, I don't think we should cancel a fairy tale that's so well-loved. Obviously, so many people, they don't love it for the dwarves. They love it for the story, and innocently as well. So I don't think it should be canceled. It's a brilliant It's a brilliant to have a little look. Oh, that's... Uh, and, and say, okay, let's consult people with dwarfism, get their opinion. We might have to make some tweaks, but I don't think it should be canceled at all, even if it's just adjusting the name slightly or the way we are presented. We're not in a cave. We are in a house. We are not depicted as mindless, stupid characters. We're sentient beings. We have feelings. I mean, also, Mr. Perry, I don't even really think the dwarves are, are people in this story. I think they're the mythical variety of dwarves, like from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they are. It's a fairy men. tale. Yeah. And they're not really particularly, I mean, they're not like depicted poorly. They are just depicted in these monolithic personalities, dopey, sleepy, you know what I mean? That's, but they're not like, I don't know. I think it's like Bowlin and Ballin and all that shit from The Hobbit. I don't think it's, I don't think you should read into it any further than that, quite honestly. Uh, this is interesting, though, but Perry's defense of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs comes about two weeks after he appeared in, the, in a BBC video criticizing film and television's depiction of individuals with dwarfism. So he's doing the same shit. He's doing trying to do the halfway crook thing. Yeah. You know that's what? It's we- funny. Weird. It, it's funny it got to this point because I was going to say, like, is this is this politically relevant? Meaning, um, and this is something I'm even cautious about being myself. Like, is this just using this this guy as a beard because he's agreeing with us on this particular topic? Where it's like, oh, see, uh, a, a short person agree, a dwarf agrees with us. So whatever you said is wrong, Peter Dinklage. I found somebody who agrees with me. Fuck your opinion, which is not. I mean, really maybe, a but it's argument. the actual the source that would be making that point is also pointing out the fact that he says this other stuff. Yeah. So I don't. Th- I think that's no. I don't think that's what's happening because. This is batting in the comics. If that, if anyone was going to take that angle, it'd be them, right? Because they're they're yeah. the ones who would fight against this. And in the very article where they quote him, they're giving all the examples of him doing the same shit. So I don't think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get that's what I meant before we got to that part. I was kind of where I was wondering. But. Oh yeah, like it's and I do that too. It's like that tendency that like the second anyone like agrees with anything you like are passionate about you're like yeah this person see see you know you, you really i i jump to that conclusion sometimes too yeah and then it's like i think i did with this guy now you're looking at it like and you're like oh and he now he's talking about like how it needs the representation needs to matter and this that and the other and you know. <sighs> I, I still just... don't even get representation and what i mean is like at what point in life that Listen, I'm not saying obviously media matters, the, the stuff we love matters, but at what point was it that important? It, like, it has never been like. I've always viewed entertainment as like a part of life that is a, I hate to use the word privilege, but it's a it's not like you don't you're not guaranteed to get something entertaining. You're not guaranteed to get something you like. You don't deserve to be represented by some TV show, because they can't really represent you correctly anyway. They don't know who you are. You have a unique set of likes, 
feelings and you're a unique person. You're special. You're a star. So, but they can't, you, I've never felt represented by anything, no matter what the color of the, the actor is. So like, I never, I don't understand where the need for being represented in a piece of media came from, because I never thought that a piece of media was meant to represent anything other than itself. Well, I think much like a lot of their SJW stuff, there's a kernel of truth in it. And I do think that if if a certain group is depicted the same way over and over and over again, it does affect the public consciousness about the, the perception of that group. I mean, if you just look at straight white men now, like how mm. they're being depicted in media, how it's being talked about in colleges, how it's being discussed on the news – there definitely is a tendency for people to believe that narrative because it's been so reinforced. So, you know, as much as like I, it's tough to empathize with them. It's like, yeah, if that, if, if it's always, if a dwarf is always represented as, as a kind of a punchline, then, then, then whenever, you know, some people in life would just see a dwarf as a living punchline. I do get that. I, I guess it's like, I never felt represented. Like I never, honestly, I never like any of the even the past representations of how. I mean, there's been stuff I like, but a lot of representations of of black people in movies always, you know, black guy always dies in the horror movie traditionally. So I, I've all, I in my head, I just threw it out. I said, you know what, this is this is not, this isn't reality. So I'm not going to treat it like reality. I'm never going to get what I want from this and, and walk away. So maybe they would say, oh no, we're going to you know, make you even more racial stereotypes to give you the representation that you want. But it's like, I, I just, I never held it to that standard. I never thought that, that they were ever going to, it's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be just bullshit. I, I definitely think there is something too if you represent, you know, stereotypes and perpetuating stereotypes. But it's like, I don't even, I'm not writing this. I don't control what they're going to put out about whatever group. So I, I don't necessarily I'm not looking for them to represent me is I guess is what it is. Well, yeah, I, no, I like that's the thing. It's like I said, it's a kernel of truth. It's valid. I mean, I do think there is something to that. You know, it's I mean, and I, I think that's what most of these conversations really should be, is that it's about, you know, influencing people's minds by just telling them your story. And sharing your point of view so that people can come to their own conclusions about the future of making things or viewing people. I think like that's the only real healthy way to go about it. Uh, you can't force people to think a certain way. But the difference is with you or normal people is that there's a, the radical point of view on it where it's mm -hmm. like it's the most important thing. And any injustice anywhere is cause for a revolution. And so yeah. that's why it's so passionate and powerful now is because you have to attack it anywhere you find it. And it needs to be, you know, you turn over every rock, racism, stab it. You know, it's like yeah. it needs to be. That's why it's so important to them, because it's part of the revolution. Well, I, I guess the point I was almost making at, like there was a point in culture where you weren't even supposed to watch TV, meaning like. You're not like, what are you doing watching TV all day, wasting your life? And now it's like, well, if the TV doesn't represent me, I can't begin my life. And it's like, no, you weren't supposed to ever use pop culture as a representation on anything. It was just supposed to be a temporary escape. I guess at some point these things became more 
important to the the basic conscious. I don't know if this is a post social media thing because you know when I it was is. younger, we never heard about this before. Yeah, but like, well, we well, did, but rarely. Well, I guess what I'm saying is just to, to the emphasis on culture is important to, a, in general of making it like where something on TV has so much more impact over how you're supposed to live your life. Like that was shy to gets when I was younger in general, not, not, not even getting to the point of representation, just the idea that you care that much about a TV show or a movie was like, no, you're not supposed to. It's just supposed to be something you watch, you like for that moment and go on with your life. You can still be a fan, but you weren't supposed to even look for that, for these greater ideals. It wasn't, that wasn't the goal. You know what I mean? And yeah, but that's, they... I mean, at, at some point you need to acknowledge that these things shape culture and they affect people's lives and minds. You can't, you can't look the other way on that one. I'm not you, saying I mean, look you the can, other way. But it's, I think but it's like, a stupid point of view. No, no. We went to, but we've already hit an extreme is what I'm saying. Even before you get to that, it went from something that was a part of culture to becoming the, the master space for how culture should be viewed. Like there was still culture yeah. outside of pop culture, and now there is less of that. It's like yeah, no, everything has to be that's viewed. That's life. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's you know those those water cooler shows and Breaking Bad and things that mm-hmm. were cultural touchstones or lightning rods. I mean, yeah, that's just what it's become. I mean, we don't collect around. But that wasn't books. your life though. That wasn't like that was like oh man, I like Breaking Bad. I'm, I'm talking about it with a friend. And then you went about your day. Or maybe that was the point where it started to become more people's lives and more people were like. That's what I'm saying. Culture changed. It evolved into this or devolved or whatever. It's yeah. just it's no way around it anymore. Like it's too centralized to everyone's lives. And that's why it needs to be throttled in their point of view, because it's too influential. Yeah. Well, and that if I do think we've 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 missed collectively miss something by making culture too making pop culture too important like that was the first mistake we should have never made pop culture that important because pop culture no matter what happens this whole show is us defending pop culture (laughs) i know we're the culture crime fighters and i'm i'm saying the first culture crime was letting culture pop culture have that much impact that us on us as a collective we committed the first crime, but you no, know, no. And the reason I say that is because well, what do we do? I don't know. I don't. All right. Well, we're we're in it now. We got to keep fighting. But like pop culture is always only going to be owned by a few. I think what happened is social media gave more people the potential chance of mattering. So now it's like, oh, I can have a voice because I can have a Twitter or I can have a fake book or or whatever. But like it, we're supposed to like it. We're supposed to even love it. But like it's not supposed to be like everything and at some point i I agree but you can't ignore i'm not saying ignore it but i'm saying like maybe this is me again with my van life you know logic coming coming to play of just wanting to like run away from all this shit but i'm like man why did we make it so like i i remember it not being i remember it being something that you you talked down to watching too much tv or watching too much, you know, whatever. And th- those 
argue Why with don't kids play outside anymore? Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I had a good book, and that was enough for me. These kids I, with their iTunes and YouTubes, I don't that's get That's what it. I mean. We don't ha- there's no more of that push. But, like, I was a kid and had old people tell me that, and there's no old generation. Like, hey, the 50, the modern the old 50 people now, on buddy? Facebook now. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I mean, I'm trying to be the old Culture man moved. Culture moved, man. It, 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 you know, it, it changed. People grew up on TV, and then TV got really good. You know, it was yeah. in, intellectual and well written, and the the point of view on it changed. It, it wasn't just, uh, you know, like I've been reading these Marvel comics uh, recently, and and yeah. uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. It's really nice. Like it's, it feels like genuine escapism. I don't feel like sucked into uh, any of these kind of discussions. At least I do a little bit, and I'm going to get to that actually. Um, but I mean, these comic books, they were packed, packed with advertisements. I mean, it's almost as much ads as there is comic book. Like yeah, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's, it's just kind of, you know, that, that's, that's what it was. I mean, that's just what, that's what culture became. You know, it used to be, oh, we, we read books. That's what smart people do. And now, you know, pop culture is, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, there's no way around it no putting the two-face back in the tube no way man no we we are well well beyond that like this is just this is the world we live in now you know and you know it used to be shakespearean plays and you know like storytelling around the campfire and now it's you know netflix yeah i mean i get that but like i i'm just commenting that there was two-face in this tube before it don't used to be two-face in the tube and I, and now the two face has been so far out of the tube, it's all dry and shit. And we're used to that little crusty spot being on the counter, and we forgot that that spot used to not exist. We're just like used to the crustiness and just adding more crust. I know that's like, what the fuck am I talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> like, like, you are right. Um, in a way, you, I mean, yeah. Times change, and our emphasis on on culture has evolved. Um, I just don't. I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I, you're right about that. But it's, I just don't know what to do. With what it. Like, what yep. to do? I don't know either. I hey, I don't know what to do with a lot of this stuff, right? I'm like, I'm just you know prepping for my van. Life. I mean, but, I don't know if you ever read. Did you ever read this book? You ever read Fahrenheit 451? I have not. A great book. I mean, it's you know like everything else. It's a. Uh, it's it's. There was there used to be like a true intellectual revolt against all these ideologies, and this book is one of them. Because essentially, in this future, in this dystopian future, books are illegal. Mm. Like you can't have books, and the only information is on screens, and it's on all the time, and it's just blaring at you constantly, and like having you the right ideas. And if you get caught with books, it's like you know, you're out. And there's like these constant wars going on, and the government's always feeding you misinformation. It's uh, very relevant to what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just, the, you know, the older generation, before we became the older generation, they used to yell at us about, you know, you should be doing all this other stuff. You should be, in, why aren't you cutting people's grass? You're too busy playing that damn video game. And mm-hmm. now the, the current batch of 50-year-olds are just like trying to make their Instagram look better. And it's like, what happened? I think it's a great book, Sension Dildo. I disagree with you. Because I... And I haven't read it in a while, but it's a fuck, man. I mean, it was very impactful for me. I liked it. It's very 1984, George, or- or George Orwell type stuff. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's like in the concept of what it would be. But I like it. Anyway, what I want to talk about with comic books yeah, yeah. was, uh, you know how 
I don't know if you're aware of this, but like social justice warriors have kind of gotten into pop culture and they've started uh, using their agenda to influence it. I don't know if you're aware of that, but Not at all. Uh, it is happening. Uh, but I would read this comic book from 1987. It's mm-hmm. uh, Punisher ni- uh, number three from 1987. Uh, this this is the cover. Um, and he, he he's fighting in it. And I I was just laughing by myself when I saw who the villain was in this comic book. I was just like, <laughs> like, you know, the the culture warriors are obsessed with who the villains are and their portrayals, right? Yeah. And what type of villains were allowed to fight. In this comic book, in this comic book, this guy the Punisher, Frank Castle, is legitimately fighting a white nationalist. Oh, Jesus. Dude. And he's a former general, so it's like he's like the establishment white male. And in 1987, they they were this is who Frank Castle's villain was. This country is being mugged into mediocrity by blacks, Puerto Ricans, and Mexicans. Oh, Jesus. How what about the Jews? Like, this is legitimately who the villain of this comic book is. Jesus Christ. And now the Punisher is a symbol of white nationalism. How is that? Look at how that worked. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. The new American Revolution. Like, I, I was oh, just reading that. And I, could, I couldn't believe it. Like. It was. I was just like, so you're not even needed. <laughs> like, comic books have already done this. They're already yeah. doing it. You were so unnecessary. It's like you came into a space that was already fighting against the villains that are your biggest boogeyman, and then you had the nerve to lecture everyone in this space about how they don't have the right ideas and comics are white supremacy. Literally, this comic hero is fighting white supremacy in the fucking 80s. And yeah. you came along and told everybody how racist they are. Unbelievable. Punisher 3. So this is early Punisher. This is one of well, the of first that year. Yeah, of that yeah. year. Of that what run or whatever, yeah. But yeah, that was the, I think the Punisher started in the 80s. Did it? Yeah. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's one of the early Punisher comics that existed. I mean, I think he might have been in other comics first. But uh, his solo run would have started in the 80s. He might have existed as a character before that, just like because Marvel has, you know, so many crossovers and they'll have characters that are just a part of the Marvel universe without having their own book. But I, I think he, you know, the 80s is still, I think, the era. So this is still very 1978, early. 1978, Pat S. 78. Ah. So I, for some reason, I thought he started in the 80s. Maybe that wasn't well, his I first think solo, he's a Vietnam vet. Ah. Uh, that makes sense. Starting in the 70s. Uh, thank you, Pat S. Hell. Still, it's still, still early on, and it's yeah. well before social justice in comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just funny that that same, you know, the Punisher is now considered to be a white nationalist symbol to the point where they changed the character into a Baphomet head uh, to make it less white nationalist. It's so, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> you're a Jew, aren't you? You look like a Jew. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Like the racism of this character is hilarious. <laughs> like he goes, "I'm not a Jew. I represent myself." Oh, uh, representation. Then, 
And then he says later on at one point, uh, Punisher says, let's make a deal. Uh, wait, hold on. What's he goes, let's make a deal. And he's like, just like a Jew. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's what he says. Oh, shit. It was great. <laughs> I, was like, I can't believe this is this comic. Yeah. It was so funny. But I was just like, you weren't even needed. Like, yeah. not only, you know, what was you're like the ideology already being fought you know what i mean but it's like you just uh like it was already existed we didn't need you it was being taken care of fuck right off kelly pseudoconic and all you lunatics uh it's great so funny yeah well i mean part of it is they don't really read the history of anything they jump into they just assume it was all white supremacy and then just you know that's exactly they assume, right. They assume nothing existed before they were aware of it. That's exactly how they look at it. Yeah. And and yeah. like what Sentinel just said that. Don't you know nothing existed before 2012? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure that they would find a reason like a reason why this is not good. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's a reason why this isn't woke enough or progressive enough. They always do that because Part of also I noticed with their ideology is if they're not in control of what's acceptable, that's that's also a big problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not just like if, if they wouldn't be like, oh, OK, good to know. They, they, they would be like, yeah, well, you know, all the writers on that were white men or, you know, Frank Castle, like, like they would always find a reason why it's not good enough because it didn't come from them. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like what you were talking about with the uh, Lord of the Rings. Like they, they just want the power. They don't want to destroy the ring. Yeah, they don't give a shit about it at all. You know, it's it's not really about that. It's it is just it's all just a power grab. I mean, I think Sancho Dillo said it early on. It was something about compassion. Plus, it was something he said early on um, in the chat. But it was something about like compassion plus something is like the new left. It's like basically like exploiting people's compassion or like your natural instinct for empathy, and then mm -hmm. using that as like power, like climbing the ladder with power. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. That is hilarious. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was great. I was like a literally a white nationalist. Is the villain? Yeah, the comics are racist. Shut up, fuck boy. <laughs> Shut your stupid face, man. Yeah, uh, that's it. He says politics of envy packaged as politics of compassion. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, yeah. exactly what it is. Very well put. That's exactly what it is. It is definitely the politics of envy, man. Because like, so I, I people will say, oh, this person. I remember talking to a uh, shout out to Alkaline, the one lefty I talked to recently, and he, he bought up someone's money. I'm like, what the fuck does someone's money have to do with anything else in this conversation? Oh, they have the money to cover it. Who cares if they fucking have the money to cover it? They don't, it's not your job to take their fucking money. Are you crazy? But it's that envy element. It's like, oh, this person has more money, therefore they don't deserve as much compassion for some reason. It's like, no, they're still a human being, uh, and you don't. Just because it's not your money doesn't mean you have a right to tell someone else what the fuck they should do with their own. It's just like complete bullshit. So there's definitely that, that envy element of it. Yeah. By the way, I got that. Not that I'm happy about giving. I, I think this must be owned by Disney because it's Marvel Unlimited. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's more. I don't know who it is. <coughs> but I did get that comic on Marvel Unlimited. 
Ah. They have all these. Like you have to pay, but it's like they have all these. Like like every looks like every single back issue is digital. Ah. Which that's actually kind of tight because I mean the thing is I'm going through this comic collection right now and it's mm-hmm. fun to read it, but there's huge gaps in the story. I'm like, ah, I wish I could just kind of read the story consecutively. Yeah, well, it turns out that I can without the ads. Yeah, although. How much- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'll, I'll no, I was going to say, I'll, I'm getting a kick out of these old ads. They're just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's an ad in this one, or uh, someone for like Battle Toads. I'm like, fuck! Hey, Battle Toads! Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I never Battle Toads. That shit was hard as shit. Yes. They're, they're the Blades of Steel, the hockey video game, like all this shit. I was like, oh my God. Like these great advertisements for D&D, like modules and shit. I was like, oh, I want all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do you want to talk about the um, Howard Stern story? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did want to get into this. This whole Howard Stern. All right. So this, I saw this on Variety this morning. Very compassionate. Howard Stern urges Meatloaf's family to speak out on COVID vaccine after his death. Wow. So recently, Meatloaf died. Uh, and I believe he died either from COOF or complications from COOF. Um, was he not jabbed? I think he was not. And I think he was an outspoken critic of it. Ah, see, I, I didn't have that much um, knowledge that, I, you know, I just knew, oh, man, Meatloaf died. That sucks. Well, I looked uh, at some of the uh, tweets, you know, after he died and there was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the blue check marks were like, you know, he said, I'll take my chances and now he's dead. <laughs> Get jabbed, everybody. <laughs> man, you know, like, listen. Because they're her, I, here's what I don't get, and I know it's because of the message and everything. But like, listen, and it, I'm not a medical expert, you know. And before that, we're not medical experts. But there are people who have been jabbed, who have still caught caught the disease. That's not me saying anything controversial. That's me saying something factual. So because of that. There is no guarantee that if he was jabbed, that he would still be alive. That doesn't hold water because that's not yeah, the compassionate left. But that's not what has actually been. That's not what's bared out. There have been people who have even passed who were previously jabbed and, and caught the coup. So the argument is not valid by, I hate to say this word, science, because there are people who will get jabbed and will still catch this disease and still unfortunately succumb to complications. That is not me saying anything controversial or not proven, not something that can be completely backed up. So when that is the case, how can you then argue, oh, he should have did the jab? Because you don't know if it would help. Well, I mean, you think uh, that's given them like so much credit. You know what I mean? Like that's not yeah. That's not the point. Like th- this is evangelical. Yeah, it's it's the gospel according to you know the media. Like it's not really. They're not like truly weighing the science. If they've been weigh, if they weigh the science, that none of this shit would be mandated. It wouldn't be forced. You could. The science has contradicted their conclusions a thousand times throughout this entire thing. I mean, Very look, true. do masks work or not? Yeah, <laughs> right there. Can- 
Very true. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. You know, it's like it's all this shit has just been like uh, dubious at best. And yet they're preaching it like it's the law. I mean, you have uh, Rogan with this whole ivermectin thing. Mm hmm. You know, it's like he, he's yeah. been talking about that, how it, how it works. And it's like it's an antiviral drug. It has been. The media, the the official media says it's a horse dewormer. Yeah, which is complete bullshit. Bullshit. That's, it's not true. Yeah, we were on fucking um, Nina Infinity talking about that, actually. Right mm-hmm. that stuff, when that stuff happened. Shout out to yeah. So it's like this is this is evangelism. This is not about the truth. Not like Howard's weighing the odds or would hear other arguments. He believes the gospel for whatever reason. You know, I always think that any of these people who like preach this stuff super hard, like Seth Rogen or or uh, Howard Stern, are compromised in some way and oh, have definitely. to. You know, they have to be the cheerleaders of the cause because I I don't understand any other explanation really. You know what? In both cases, there's no doubt that they're compromised because Howard Stern, you know, as somebody uh, mentioned, I think it was, was it Keeley? Who did the Pepperidge Farm? Yeah, it was Keeley Child. Remember when Howard Stern was a thorn in the FCC uh, side Pepperidge Farm members? I also remember him having a lot of ladies around and, and, and being, you know, it was all about, you know, sex and jokes and fart and all that shit. And so my imagination is a proto Me Too situation is likely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because sure. he was he was, you know, Howard Stern was one of the biggest pieces of media that existed at yeah. one point. King of all and media, is he King of all media. Yeah, but he had the biggest radio show on earth. He still had on a you know a TV show based upon it, a movie. He was a really big deal. And I'm sure there are some situations with some ladies that probably wouldn't hold up to today's standards. And then even Seth Rogan, didn't uh James Franco was into the younger girls and maybe Seth Rogen knew about it and didn't care as much. So um, my point is, I agree with you hundred percent. I think both people are specifically compromised, which is why they have to be um, a part of thing. And, and, and just real quick, not that I'm Mr. Transvestigation, but fucking Howard Stern looks like a chick in this picture. What's going on? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, yeah. Well, cause it, the thing is, it doesn't make any sense otherwise, right? Like <clears throat> if, like you, he makes like five hundred. He's on a five hundred million dollar contract at Sirius XM, like relatively recently. Yeah, like, it's not like <clears throat> you know he's living off money from the nineties. Like he is so unbelievably set, and he's getting old. And like, so what? What are you doing? Why are you? Why would you waste any energy doing this? Like, I would just live I, to steal a phrase i'd live my best life i would just do whatever i wanted travel live in my mansion just get blown all day like whatever like yeah why would you bother i don't even understand like at this point like <clears throat> it's not i mean maybe he thinks this is important i, I can't i can't he doesn't understand want, it he doesn't want to happen ironically enough he doesn't want what happened to i missed to happen to him who was his big rival and then you know they had the little issue that was the first step of cancel culture was fucking don i missed that's another can of worms for another day but like i think he just doesn't want to lose all that he doesn't want to lose his clout i guess i mean i just there's nothing to lose here as far as i'm concerned i mean I, yeah I just, but unless unless there's something that would come out you know like well we That's got these thought. stories we got these pictures whatever you know you better go out there and rally for the cause otherwise you know yeah. who knows what might happen with this stuff i i think that's exactly it i think he has something that he doesn't want to get out because he doesn't want to live his life in shame 
and he doesn't want to be this this uh you know discredited or whatever and so he and, and i think part of it is he's always been a guy who wanted to be uh mainstream no matter what he presented to you for his show he always wanted to be mainstream and now he is he was on was he is he i don't know if he still is because i don't watch these shows what does he know american because got talent and like you said, the serious XM deal that he signed, you know, 10 years, whatever it was, that makes him a ton of money. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to lose that that status. It's the status. You know, you're right. He has the money, but he wouldn't have the status if he was shamed. He doesn't want to be shamed. He doesn't want that scarlet letter. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Like, I'm obviously we're just speculating. I have no yeah. idea what his motivations are. But that's just what would make sense to me logically. Because I can't figure out why at this late stage in your life, when you already made it, you could do whatever you want now. You could just you could just go into the studio, turn the mics on, and go to sleep. And people <laughs> would still be listening. Like, there's, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't get it. But um, so the article says Howard Stern is calling on Meatloaf's family to speak out on vaccines following the rock icon's death earlier this month. Meatloaf died January 20th. TMZ reported at the time that the singer has been, quote, seriously ill with COVID and that his, quote, his condition became uh, quickly became critical. It is unknown at the time whether or not Meatloaf was vaccinated against COVID. Ah, it's unknown. But the singer challenged the COVID mandates in August of 2021 interview with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette saying, I hug people in the middle of COVID. I understood stopping life for a little, but they cannot continue to stop life because of politics. And right now they're stopping because of politics. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, and the interview re- interview replied, oh, God, we're being controlled by everybody. Meatloaf responded, yeah, I know, but not me. If I die, I die, but I'm not going to be controlled. Mm. To be to be fair, that he doesn't necessarily, like you said, it's unknown whether he's jazzed. And there are people, I've met them, who are against the mandates and all that stuff, but did go get the jab. So you don't necessarily know that he is unjabbed. So right. that, that that's makes their argument even worse. What if he was jabbed? Then what? What do you want him to speak out on then? What if they what if Howard Stern found out, yeah, Meatloaf did get the jab. He was against the mandates and, and the tyranny, but he, he got the jab and it didn't work. So you want him to speak out on that? Is that what you want? And yeah, his number it, name is Robert Paulson. He was known as Meatloaf. Uh, you know. But I prefer my meatloaf without preservative, says Kevin T and Shave. Yeah, he he never said he was anti-vax. You're right. He's never. He just said he was anti-mandate. So, how would that backfire if you got what you wanted? He spoke. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Robert was was vaccinated and it, it didn't work. Is that what you want? I because I, I don't know if he was or not. And I also can't help but to feel slightly uncomfortable about just like politicizing somebody's death. Um, either way, it's just like man. I mean, guy, that's a really classless thing to do. Yeah, man guy just died it's really kind of a time to celebrate the stuff that he did and celebrate how uh great he is and shout out i can't say who that is i do know who that is yo fran shout out to your friend hell uh a few people um, in the chat know who he is but yeah what's up keep, se- keep secret identity secret all right, go uh, he says, so then Stern goes on to say, he says, Stern has used his Sirius XM radio show over the last several months to condemn anti-vaxxers. Speaking out about Meatloaf's death, still, I'd always like to point out and remind everybody that the original anti-vaxxers were people in Hollywood. Yeah, they uh, were. Let's just remind everybody that this anti-vax thing started with, like, Jim Carrey and uh, 
that blonde, what's her name, Jenny McCarthy, who were all yeah, anti-vax yeah. and on a whole campaign that uh, vaccine, vaccines cause autism, blah, blah, blah. And then what in Hollywood, like, well, not polio, smallpox was making a resurgence because of their anti-vaxxing. And now people who are questioning all this stuff, they're the anti-vaxxers. Got it. Absolutely. Got it. Check. Uh, Stern said this week's via Uproxx, poor Meatloaf got sucked into some weird fucking cult. That's hilarious. Uh, and somehow really believe that he made a statement. I'd rather die a free man than take the vaccine. And now he's dead. He didn't say that. He just read the quote. He didn't say that. Right. He didn't. Um, he just, yeah. He just said, yeah. Very, very compassionate. Way to lie, Howard. And a lie. Yeah. Clearly in the camp that believes Meatloaf was against vaccines, Stern then urged the late singer's family to speak out on the matter. I wish the family would come forward and say, you know, when Meatloaf was laying there in the hospital and he couldn't breathe, he said, I made a mistake. I should have taken the vaccine. Like all these anti-vaxxers say, I made a mistake. Now, none of that happened. What you just want that fa- fairy tale to have happened so that you can be right, Stern. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, he's still classless. So he still has that from the 90s. And he says, uh, yeah, it's true. He, he held on to that characteristic. Uh, the radio host told anti-vaxxers, it's time for you to get it. Now, if you don't get it, in my America, all hospitals would be closed to you. And you're going to go home and die. That is what you should get. Absolutely. Jesus. That's Howard Stern said that. Great. That's just just great. I'm so glad that, like, this did he have a nose job? Is that why he looks like a woman? Like he looks really weird now. Like something he's done something physically to his face, and that's why he doesn't look like a human being anymore. And it, it, I, it's really bothering me. <laughs> very well, very well could be. Uh the Whitfield report. Thank you, buddy. Throwing a nine dollar yeah. ninety-nine cent super sticker out there. <laughs> hey, hey. And it says number one fan. Thank hey. you. Appreciate it, Whitfield Report. Appreciate, Appreciate you, the brother. On so, yeah, thank you so thank much. You. Appreciate you. Um, he looks like Tootsie. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Goat Barbecue. That's Hell pretty Judas funny. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's not, it's completely typical of their, the way they communicate, the way they talk about stuff, but it's, it's just like, I, I if this was, could you imagine if someone said that about AIDS? Man. They would never say anything. And remember when there was all that crazy stuff about AIDS? There's a fucking Captain Planet cartoon where the people were scared to be around him or something like that because he had AIDS and shit like that. And it was like, you know, it was supposed to be anti-AIDS something. Fear. Fear. Yeah. But they were, they were, they, they, we don't want to say, you know, you're not supposed to think that way about people with HIV, but like that was the, the prevailing thought. Uh, but yeah, you you would never say something like this. Like, oh, you're supposed to, you have to take this, you know, experimental uh, gene therapy. And if you don't, then and, and something happens to you, then we we need to celebrate your death and politicize your death. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is a tougher analogy because it's like it's it's the forced um, use of the medication that's really the impetus here. But still, just to be that compa- like compassionless about just the people and this cruelty and like, oh, you, you, if you don't get it, you shouldn't be allowed in a hospital. It's like I'm glad you don't write policy, you fucking piece of shit. Like, ugh, it sucks just, the people who write policy don't don't aren't too far off from this though. No, I mean you know? that's true. 
And that, it, it, that's insane. It's insane to me. Again, Howard invented the entire scenario in his head. We still do not know that's whether true. or not Meatloaf had, was vaccinated or not. He didn't say anything against the vaccines. He said something against the, the, the policy, but he said he said nothing, at least in that quote, at least from what I can tell, against the vaccines or whether or not he will be vaccinated. Uh, again, he may, he probably wasn't, but he, he may have been because, again, there are people who have an opinion on, on the uh, policy, but still, because they have free will and they're allowed to do what they want, they still go ahead and get the vaccine. That's not me, but if that's what these people want to do, that's up to them. Yeah. And so, like, he invented the scenario where he's a quote unquote anti vaxxer. And, and if somebody brought AOC, how did she got it? She has, I didn't even know she got it. Yeah, she got it when she went to Florida. That was kind no of no way. Thing. Yeah. And she's uh she's been jabbed. Wait a second. That sounds that's you, suspicious. <laughs> uh who knows? Maybe it was like a, a thing where that was a, a plant. I'm not sure. But like yeah, there have been countless people who have gotten it and still been jabbed. So there's no guarantee that a jab would have saved Wheatlow's life. There's no guarantee that he didn't already get the jab. But you, and, and this is why I even feel uncomfortable talking about somebody's life like this. It's like, man, you just wasted zero, zero seconds before you can politicize somebody's life and make it out to, to be some narrative. And I don't want to do that in reverse, man. Wheatlow was a you know dope musician. And his life should you should be celebrating his art and, and what he did and, and the joy he brought to people and remembering him fondly because he you know as far as I know he doesn't have any crazy scandals it's not like he did anything any wilder than any other rock star at, at the time and you should just you know that's what it should be focused on it shouldn't be like oh let's uh talk about his uh you know his jab status and have his family speak out and it's like no let it Jesus his his body is is it even cold yet good God you just yeah right like let it breathe like let let you know let his memory mean something don't just immediately go from zero to politicizing it and then uh, and then do it so callously like i mean obviously i can't hear like the way like his inflection or whatever in in that quote but it just sounds like so just dismissive and and you know just cruel in a way that's just like, yeah, oh, you fucking should have got it. If you don't get it, you should die too. It's like Jesus Christ, dude. It's insane to me. I sorry, I just got all distracted with that AOC thing. That threw me off. I didn't even yeah. know that happened. Oh yeah, <clears throat> you know, I I knew it happened, and to kind of going the same thing. I thought it was a bit, even though, you know, more like you know she did survive. Obviously, I thought it was a bit cruel. There was a lot of people joking about that. I'm like, eh, I don't really want to joke about it either. It's, uh, that's that's suspicious to me though, because it's like, all right, wouldn't that be a great point for the conversation where you'd be like, the most lockdowny of lockdown people, you know, who says do all this, get the jab, this, that, and the other. Hello, Snorter Poopus. Hello, uh, Snorter Poopus. Hello. He, she got it. So, it, it, the conclusion should, you know, could be very easily that oh, look at all the bullshit. I mean, I guess that doesn't really matter. That doesn't make any waves. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, did she get it? As propaganda, yeah, like she went to Florida and all oh, those dirty Floridians they gave me the coof. Yeah, see, everything will work if you lock everything down. But I that's so weird. That story, I that just slipped right on by me. And I guess they're not really doing anything with it. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't hear about it. Yeah, she she no. went to Florida with her straight white man and they caught the coof. Wow, yeah, 
Well, Jesus Christ, we 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 did a lot today, Vince. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We uh, we fought some culture crime. Yeah, uh, we even I even had an existential crisis on culture itself. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Maybe we should just make it uh, clueless anti-football pussies. Is the yeah, instead of the culture crime fighters. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think I I think I I love all this stuff. Well, not this shit. I hate the political shit. But I love you know pop culture. It's dope. But I do feel like we've made it too important, which is why they're able to take it over. It, these this shit does mean a bit too much to us, and that was a personal choice that we all gave into, which gave which gave inroads to this madness. Because even if it's not impacting us directly, or even if we don't. We can see through the bullshit. There are millions and millions of people who are being fed bullshit and accepting it. Rather it's on Koof, rather it's on some ESG shit, rather it's the fucking unfortunate kindergartners now that are being taught about gender and all this other crazy shit from their sick, uh, woke-ass um, teachers. It's like now it's a, a fucking crisis. It's, a, it's an actual pandemic. Of uh, wokeness, ESG, my you know mind control essentially, and, and the first step was letting pop culture become so important to us personally that it could happen. That's my. Uh, so what do you what do you? What's the solution? Yeah, yeah like I'm, what do we just devalue pop culture? Or we devalue the things we like. Would it go back to reading War and Peace? Like what do we do? Uh, I do think we should have a person. You, you know what it is? We could definitely devalue the current culture and the future culture. We can definitely devalue the bullshit they come out with, which is what we've been doing for the past few years. You know, we haven't on this show itself. Have we had even one segment on Boba Fett? I don't think we have. Um, I talked about it on the cocktail lounge a few times. I, yeah, I think you, I do remember it on the cocktail lounge. But we haven't really talked about it because it's not nothing to talk about. It's it's like us. I think did we do the? I think we might have shown the Power Rangers thing. Maybe that was well. That's hilarious though. Those fucking uh, speeders. That's so funny. Like that's because I don't care that it's bad. Like I mean, I care that it's whatever. I don't care. Like I just don't have any anything invested in it. Like I think it's like you're stupid if you thought it was going to be good. I don't know why you'd waste your time on it. But just seeing that image is hilarious. Like (laughs) it's like someone just completely cosplaying. I don't even know what they were doing. It's like that doesn't resemble Star Wars in the slightest. And it's hilarious that that is what they created. That's what Favreau and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. That's what they made. You're just like. Like, yeah. Did you get okay. that from the Spy Kids? Like, where did that come from? What even is that? How was I supposed to like this? The whole point of like, and that's a zone tangent. The whole point of having Robert Rodriguez do Boba Fett was for us to be more like Desperado, not like more like Spy Kids. So, you know, that's not what we wanted. We wanted a kind of more of a badass, kick-ass thing. I don't want anything this... from them. Yeah. Well, that, I guess that's, to go back to where our point is, that is kind of the step. It's apathy. We do need to start showing some of this stuff apathy. We can't give all. We do have to fight back. We have to pick our battles. There are some battles worth fighting. There are some hills worth dying on and, and that we should fight on and then it has to be apathy towards the things that deserve apathy and that's i mean yeah i'm, I'm apathetic to all of it like i i'm just getting to the point like I, I i don't have interest in watching anything even old stuff i'm just like you know what i'm done with all this for a while 
Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's why I'm reading comic books right now. Like that's been my entertainment. I have not turned on the TV. I don't care about watching anything. I think the last thing I watched was RoboCop. Hey. And, uh, you know, and I was just like, I, you know, it's too exhausting. It's too draining. It, and I, I have a personal thing with it too. Uh, you know, because of my like wanting to be in the in the industry, you know, like wanting to yeah. spend time as an actor. And I realize like that is a co- coloring a lot of my point of view as well, that I'm just kind of I'm over the whole thing for a while. Like, I'm, you know, the disillusionment is real. And it's just like I'm like, all right, you know, like I, I need to just kind of recalibrate like what my values are in general. Like I'm kind of with you in a way of like, do I even care about pop culture anymore? I'm not even sure that I do. Yeah. And you know what? I, I wanted to ask you this a little earlier when we were talking about the um the James Lindsay book. I do recognize you dealt with wokeness in a very direct way, like mm. as a way of life yes. in a way that I didn't. I, I was something I would get exposed to every now and again in real life, but it was mostly some shit I saw on the internet for the most part. Like I said, I would have my moments and have these woke-ass moments trying to look for a job in the tech industry. Outside of that, it wasn't like, you know, I was being yelled at for being a straight white man by everybody in the world. So I I do recognize that, like, that Hollywood experience definitely colored your experience to all of this. It had to. There's no way it didn't, right? Yeah. Is there... Yeah, I mean, that's the case, yeah. I guess because, like, I feel like I have less interest in trying to understand them. Just fuck them. But I didn't I wasn't dealing with them. Anymore. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, perhaps. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that is. I mean, when, you, you know, just having known so many of these people and had like these actual had these arguments, you know, yeah. in life where it's like you, you know, arguing with my buddy's girlfriend you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like essentially that destroyed a relationship with me and my friend. Not like the argument, yeah. just the fact that he became increasingly more and more woke and that like everyone I knew in my personal life, you know, it's like you navigate these worlds and you just keep like, you know, like, oh, you, you treat people like individuals and then you realize like there's no such thing as individuality. It's all about the collective even and, and you see their hypocrisy. So maybe my interest is characterized from having lived in that city for so long and just been so inundated with it that you know you feel like such an outsider you know when you're just trying to be like a decent person yeah um yeah it could it could be i mean that does that does make a lot of sense to be completely honest yeah because like i i just like you know i'm like ah oh, fuck it they're just a bunch of idiots but like with you that was like literally you were trying to be an actor in hollywood in this era which is like the epicenter of the purest wokeness that could possibly be like you were right there and i can imagine yeah it was fucking insane and as a straight white male as well like that's and an unapologetic you know like disagreeer yeah you know like a beast never i wouldn't just attack people for their ideas but i would always i'd like uh, you know i would disagree or engage and that like that's a dog whistle to them. Like that's that I read that in this book. Like that's part of it. Is like anyone who disagrees, that's a, like a red flag that they're you know, they're a problem. They're they are part of the the patriarchy that oppresses people. This the system that's structured to oppress people that are not that one group. So they didn't matter whether I was making good points or not. The fact that I was disagreeing was cause for you know argument and attack. Yeah. And honestly, something just hit me like of 
another like true motivation. It is to get people to go along and get along. Such a dildo, read my mind, group think. Like, yep. because <clears throat> I'm sure there were people who probably agreed with you, but they just wanted oh, yeah. to go along and get along. They just didn't want to start any trouble. They didn't want to engage anything. And that was really the difference. They were just, okay, you know, yeah, but you don't say that. Just like there's so many people who are quote unquote closet conservatives or whatever in Hollywood or closet non leftists or classical liberals. And they don't, they're not really with a lot of this bullshit, but they don't want to say anything. You know, they'll send messages. Oh, I'm so, you know, thank you for speaking out. And it's like, you can be a part of it too. But, uh, please, I mean, for the love of God, like step the fuck up. Like, we need more people disagreeing with it. The more individuals who actually do step up and say something that risk something by disagreeing, the more powerful the the disagreeing a group becomes. Yeah, and the more hopefully impactful uh, we become. Yeah. And it's not succumbing to the the mindlessness of this like authoritarian groupthink, you know, nineteen eighty four nightmare that that society is uh, trying to shape us into becoming. It's on yeah. its way to becoming. Yeah. I wanted to address uh, what Cinchia Dildo says. So, so why don't you watch good shows, Matt? And Whitfield says uh, Yellowstone's actually pretty good. I've heard that about Yellowstone. I have too. I actually, and I did get Paramount Plus because I was watching football this weekend. So maybe I'll check it out. Um, the, the, the reason, though, Cinchia Dildo is I, I guess it's partially all this woke stuff. It's partially the personal thing where I just like now I, I almost see these people on TV on these shows. I just kind of like resent them. Mm. You know, like I, I find myself like it's harder to like fall into the trick, like the magic show of the of the entertainment. You know, like I just kind of like I'm just so turned off by it. And it's not like I'm sitting there stewing like uh, like all oh, these wokies or I'm just like I'm just not entertained by it. Like I just don't find myself finding it interesting. And I don't know if it's because we rally about this stuff all the time or I'm just still bitter about it not working out in Hollywood or whatever. I don't know exactly why, but literally when I turn on anything, even things I kind of enjoy, I'm just like, nah. I just, I'm like, I think I'm in a phase of my life where I'm just kind of not watching anything and I've never gone through a phase like that. So I, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> oh, uh, look like at that, Whitfield Super Report. Chat. Shout out to Whitfield no. Report. Hell, I just subscribed to you too, by the way, buddy. Yeah. Um, I want to see reports uh, on Whitfield. Yes, yes. Uh, for $4.99, I highly recommend Yellowstones for shows to watch. Also, Jack Carr's novels are great reads and not woke at all. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, Whitfield Report. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, I, I'll probably check that out. I mean, I don't know how strong my resolve on not watching anything is going to last. Yeah. Uh, and now that I have uh, Paramount Plus, I'll, I'll pop it. I hear really good things about Yellowstone, so I'm, I'll have to have check two. it out. Um, I have uh, two. Man, sometimes I feel like, yeah, they kind of have one. And so, they took the fun. I, I feel similar. I don't necessarily have the uh, the the urge to watch stuff. Like Sometimes I do, but just sometimes it's like, man, I don't. I mean, yeah, you're kind of right, though, Sanjay Dodo. They kind of did win. You know, it's kind of like I'm. it's not even that they won. It's just I'm like, eh. I don't want to play with those toys anymore. Yeah. Everything you know, feels more of a chore. <clears throat> Watching TV does. feels a lot more of a chore instead of something I, I go to to escape. Yeah, man. I've been playing more video games. Like, I've been playing Wasteland 3. I'm enjoy That feels like escapism to me. Yeah. You know? I go into this weird dystopian future and kill robots 
and then you know listen to a podcast and that's that's enough entertainment like i don't i don't really feel the need to go watch a movie or a tv show right now like i'm and i'm enjoying reading these old comic books like that's just like a time portal back to the mid 90s and early 90s that's great it's fun you know it's authentically fun and so i'm like eh I, I can give it a miss for a while. I mean, what's the difference? You know, like I had the expanse. I really enjoyed that. I don't feel like I'm ever going to get anything like that, at least not for a long time. So I'm just not that interested. I'm, I'm, and I think I'm fine with that. I think I'm okay with just not watching anything for a while. Like big fucking deal. I don't watch TV. I'll get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, in, back in the day, there were people who didn't have TVs. They were the hipsters, and they were like I, I was talking about earlier, where they're like, "Oh, you watch too much TV. You play too many video games." There were people like that. So you know, if you find entertainment in other ways, and there's a trillion things to find entertaining now. Like you said, podcasts, video games, classic comics. Hey, then it is what it is. You don't necessarily need to find uh, to go to the normal places for entertainment and look for entertainment. Uh, Listen, don't tell me what to do. I listen, I fought the right in the early 2000s. I fought the left now, and now I will fight dildos. Okay, sir? <laughs> will not be told what to do by anyone, any group, any contingent. Yeah. Least of yeah. all sentient sex toys. This guy. Maybe yeah. I'll think about it. I don't know. I never I was never even that big a fan of Breaking Bad, so I got three episodes in and no further. I know everyone loves the show. I know I'm, I'm the worst person on earth for not liking Breaking Bad, but I just it wasn't me. I liked it for two seasons, and then I just felt like it just got so ridiculous and overblown and cliched. Mm-hmm. Oh, the two bad guys, they don't look back at the explosion. Oh, I've never seen that trope before. Boo! Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Well, I that's, that's uh, it's 2 o'clock. I got to eat before work. I'm feckin' stabbing. Yeah, the nooner's uh, starting, so people are going to leave anyway. Nooner's starting, yeah. Uh, so people are going to go watch Gary. Go watch Gary. He's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Say Culture Crime Fires raid. I know there will be no one who notices, but yeah. say that we raided the Nooner. Do that, that for us. That would be great. For us. For 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 freedom. Oh, uh, Sentient Dildos is better call Saul's way better anyway. All right, well, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe. I don't know. If I fucking feel like it, I might. We'll okay. see. We'll see. But yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Culture Crime Fighters. Number 48, we said. Yeah, yep, 48. 48. Close to uh, really appreciate you. And if you don't want to go watch The Nooner, if you're like, no, guys, please don't leave. I need more. Fear not. Fear not. There is more Culture Crime Fighters content out there. We have the Culture Crime Fighters Secret Identities on Patreon, which you there can go you check go. out right now. There's a new episode that we just dropped this morning or this afternoon at noon. Uh, it's our seventh episode, the uh, Clueless Anti-Football Pussies 2, uh, another really fun episode. I love doing these with Vigilante. I think they're great entertainment. If you guys aren't there, I feel like you're missing out. Uh, you should check it out. We also made the first episode free, Yeah, uh, Virgins, so you can, go to the, you can go to Patreon without spending any money whatsoever and listen to the first episode about me and Vigilante losing our virginity separately. With girls. Yeah. We didn't lose our virginity to each other with other people. Uh, and that's up there for free. And if you like more, $5 gets you the rest of the episodes. Yeah. You can see why Cincha Dildo has been running with this, like, uh, me and uh, girls who have 
significant others in jail. You can understand why, like, why does such a dude keep saying that? I don't get it. You can understand that why if you if you check that out, check that episode out. Oh, I don't I don't like convict girls. That's not my thing. I'm not trying to get killed. But uh, whatever. Yeah, tight. I just uh, got right there at the end. I got another super chat from Sean Connery. Hale tipped me six dollars and ninety cents, but he didn't say anything. Ah, well, just the thanks. Tip. Appreciate the tip. Thank you, buddy. Uh, terrific. All right. Anything else, Mister Vigilante? Uh, nope. That's it. Please check out my channel. Please sub if you haven't. Uh, you know, because I, I do my own thing. Uh, even though for the most part we're just doing uh, retro gaming, but you know what? People have been watching my fucking retro game streams. They get way more. Just a tip. They get way more than like me talking shit about pop culture. So apparently, people like Mario better. So please check me out. Check check that out. And uh, I'll, I'll be back for at least a part of the uh, MFR. So right, right on. Uh, Whitfield, by the way, I don't see the message on Twitter, buddy. Uh, if you if you did, try to send it again. Yeah. But, you uh, appreciate you. All right, bye, bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good right. one. Patreon, Peace. Culture Crime Fighter, Secret Identities.